Today, Monday, the fifth shiur in the series on Yud Gimel Midot, the 13 Attributes of Mercy. This is Ezra Beck, and today's Midah is Erech Apayim. Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Rachum, Vechanun, Erech Apayim. And to understand the Midah of Erech Apayim, we turn to a lengthy Gemara that's found in the Yerushalmi, Ta'anit Perek Bet, the end of Halacha Aleph, where the Gemara discusses specifically this Midah. Uh, I, I want to concentrate on one particular point in the Gemara, but I'll start from the beginning. The Gemara's first question relates to the plural form of Erech Apayim. Apayim. And the Gemara says, why is it called Erech Apayim and not Erech Af? This question is asked and answered in the same manner. This part is found in the Bavli as well, in Erevin. Um, and the Gemara says, Erech af tifkan, erech apayim, ma'arich rucho im tzadikim, ma'arich rucho im rushayim. The Gemara answers that um, it's called Erech apayim because God does it twice. Once for tzadikim, once for rushayim. Now, since it's only one midah, so it's not going to be two different things. But the Gemara is saying, well, but it's worth writing it in a plural form because there's somehow some difference between God's patience, God's Erech with Tzadikim and with Vishayim. We'll come back to this a little bit later. It's not my main point. The Gemara then continues. This already is pure Yerushalmi. Same question. Erech apayim, and not erech af, plural, ma'arich rucho ad shelo yigbe, hitchil ligbot ma'arich rucho vigove. What's the double form, the plural form of erech apayim? Once he is, I'm going to translate it now, we'll explain a bit better, he's patient, he's long in spirit, ma'arich rucho, before he collects, ad shelo yigbe, before he requites, he begins to collect, he is still patient and long in spirit as he collects. Okay, we're going to discuss what this means immediately, but I want to point out right away one linguistic point. What's this collecting? This is a new word. We never had this before. When you speak of judgment and, and justice, din, no one's collecting. The judge is not collecting. You've done a crime, they send you to jail. Collecting is done when you owe me something. You don't owe the judge anything. The reason why the Gemara uses the word collecting here is because I think the word af, which means anger. Ma'arich af, God's patience is acting against his anger. That is justice. We've, we've basically finished the midot which are dealing, which are mitigating, which are contradicting din. Today's midah chesed is mitigating af. There's a big difference between justice, cold, calculated, rational justice, and anger. And the difference is that it's personal. The judge isn't angry at the criminal because the criminal hasn't committed a crime against the judge. But when you've been injured, then you get angry. 
And the Gemara here is using the word to collect, meaning to the retribution that is, 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 becomes me. That is owed me. Something is owed me because of your sin, God says. And that's expressed in God's anger. And ma'arich af is a midah, an attribute which is against the anger. And therefore the Gemara uses these words. He doesn't collect right away. Even after he collects, he collects slowly. But now let's continue to the main point, which is the continuation of the Gemara. Amar Rabbi Chanina. Man di Amar de Rachmana Vatran Yitvatrun b'nei ma'oi. He who says that God is a Vatran, that God overlooks, that he he waves, he doesn't care. Who mivater? He simply, uh, I would say, make English forgives you, but I don't want to use the word forgive because forgive is the slach. Who mivater lecha? He doesn't care. Doesn't bother him. He who says that God overlooks you, his intestines will be overlooked. Meaning you're dead. Ella, that's not what this midah means. Ma'arich af, he simply is, 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 he doesn't care enough to get angry. Ella ma'arich ruche, he is long in spirit and he collects what is owed him. In other words, Erech Apayim delays punishment, delays the anger, but doesn't abate it. If Erech Apayim meant God is slow to anger, and therefore, although I've done many sins, He's not angry. You're saying that God simply is, He's not affected. He's not sensitive enough. You've gone and you've, you've nudged, you've, you, you've pricked Him with a needle, but he doesn't jump, apparently because he's not sensitive. Who vatran? If you say that, then yivatrun b'nei me'oi. Expression is very poetic and very powerful. If you think God is not sensitive to that which you've done against Him, doesn't pay attention, He overlooks it, then your life is being overlooked. But what does it mean? Ma'arich rucho he is patient and he will collect that which is due him. Those who collect it tomorrow, if not today. Now, I want to stress that this ma'amar, this saying in the Gemara of Rabbi Hanina, is not to be understood merely as a correction. Marich af means that God is slow to anger. However, you might think slow infinitely. The answer is no, slow but finitely. When we say about God that He's wise, He's infinitely wise. We say that God is strong, He's infinitely strong. When we say He's patient, we don't mean He's infinitely patient. We mean He's patient for a day or two. I don't think that's the pshat. It's not that He's just merely correcting, lest you think this midah goes on forever. I think He's explaining the attribute. Why is it that God does not get angry when we sin against Him? Because He doesn't care. There are only two possibilities. If he doesn't get angry a lot, a little, for two days, for ten days, for a hundred days, it's because he doesn't care. Because anger, again, using the human example, is not something that you can get angry tomorrow for something which happened today. Anger is instinct. If you don't get angry right away, apparently you don't care. So therefore, 
if I say that God doesn't get angry, it means he doesn't care. He's saying, no, you misunderstood it completely. It's marich ruchei begavi divei. The midah, not, it's not a correction to the midah. The midah is, erech apayim is shorthand for, marich ruchei begavi divei. Erech apayim means, God gets angry tomorrow, not today. And the reason I think is simple. Because a human being who is angry will rush to collect, to use the word the Gemara uses. Because if he waits, maybe tomorrow he won't be able to. But since for God the future is insured, then he's in no rush. He can let his anger seethe on a low flame and not let it burn and consume you because, because Gavi delay. Not and Gavi delay. Not and he will eventually collect, but because he will eventually collect. And since he will definitely, with certainty, absolute certainty, Gavi delay, that's why he is today Marichucha. God can afford to be patient because nothing will, um, nothing will divert him or divert his anger from its path. And the Yerushalmi immediately explains the connection between Rav Hanina's statement and the actual words. Amar Rabbi Levi, mahu erech apayim, what do the words mean, erech apayim? Rachik, ragiz. He distances anger. Not abates, not eliminates anger, but distances anger. And let me explain. The, the pshat that the Gemara here is saying, which by the way is found in the Targum Unculus, knows it's pshat. This isn't Jewish. This is pshat. It's found as the Targum Unculus, the Aramaic translation to the word Erech is Rachik Regiz. Distances, Marachik, Rogez, anger. The reason for it is very simple. If we think about the literal translation of the word Erech we come to an absurd conclusion. We all understand it means patience. But Af, Apayim, Af means anger. So literally, Erech Apayim means long in anger. Not long to anger, not a lot of time to anger, but Ma'arich, Af, Erech Apayim, a lot of anger. It's not a Midat Chesed, it's not a Midat Din, it's the opposite. It's, it's, God does more anger than He should do. That's the literal translation. So we, but it obviously doesn't mean that. It obviously cannot possibly mean that. We all know what Erech Apayim means. It means he doesn't get angry. So how can Erech Apayim, long in anger, mean doesn't get angry? So the Yushami explains that Erech means Machik. It's What's long here is the distance between God and his anger. His anger isn't long. He isn't long to anger. He's not long in anger. He's long to anger. He distances, the distance between him and his anger is aroch, is long. Okay, that's the Yushami's explanation of this word. But you immediately see, if the distance is long, it doesn't mean the anger doesn't exist. It exists, it's just not close at hand. What does that mean? The Yushami continues, and now I continue to read Yushami. Mashal, lemelech, a parable to help us understand what it means that God has distanced his anger from himself. There was a king who had two legions, two 
two cruel legions. Shnei legionot kashem. The use of the Roman term legions is undoubtedly intended because that's what Chazal knew and the situation which I'm about to describe was in fact a, unfortunately a common and familiar one in the Roman uh, Empire in the Roman Middle East. The king said, if these two cruel legions are, uh, are living with me in the city, there will be a time when the citizens of the city will anger me and therefore the legions will be called out and they will wipe out the city immediately. So what am I going to do? I'm going to put them up. I'm going to tell these legions to be barracked far away. And then when the citizens of the city anger me, so I have to send a message to call the legions. Until they get here, the citizens will lift fayesoti. They will... Um, what's the word in English? Somebody out there, help me. They will... I can't think of the word. They will not comfort. The fayes. They will assuage my anger. They will calm me down. And I will accept their meeting me, their attempt to lessen my anger. And there won't be any need for the legions. So, in case you didn't understand the parable, the Gemara explains the parable. This is what God says also. Af v'chema. Anger and ire are two of my angels of destruction. I will send them to a far and distant path so that if the Jews anger me until I bring them back, the two angels of destruction, Israel osim tshuva, the parable to, the parallel to, mefaisinoti, the people will assuage my anger, is the Jews will do tshuva, and I will accept their tshuva. I will accept their repentance. Okay, what is clear from the parable? People sin. The king is angry. And how is the anger expressed? You free the legions in the streets and they go and they just destroy everything in their path. This was in fact a Roman reaction to rebellious cities. They didn't put the people on trial or find the instigators and, and, and have a judiciary you simply unleashed the wild barbarians who were the legions that were occupying the city. So God says he has two angels of destruction called anger. Af v'chema. And of course we're not dealing here with justice. We're dealing with a spontaneous outburst. You, The people have annoyed the king. The Jews... Have, have provoked God so that, kaveyachol, again, we're using, we're using human psychological terms, anger bursts out. And the result will be total destruction. So what does God, the king, the emperor do? He puts these legions far away. Now, even if they're far away, the anger is the same. The provocation took place and the reaction, the instinctive part of the reaction, Unleash the legions is immediate. 
But the legions are not unleashed. Why? It takes some time to get here. So what is the meaning of Erech Apayim? Erech Apayim is an artificial lengthening, an artificial disconnect between God's anger as describing, so to speak, a psychological aspect, God's, God's reaction to sin and the fulfillment and the, the actual action, the actual fulfillment of that anger in this world. You, we've placed a, 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 a disconnect between what God feels and what God does. He feels angry, but the doing, the actual destruction, will, will take time because of what's called here, Vachok, Vachik Vagiz, Erech, Erech Apayim. So it's obvious from the parable that God is in fact angry. It's not that God doesn't care. This is the explanation of Kala Omer, Kadosh Baruch Hu, Vatran, Yitvatrun, Bnei Me'oi. You're sitting here, and it's a nice day. You've sinned. You've provoked God. You've annoyed God. But it's a nice day. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. So you might imagine, oh, apparently there's no reaction. Little boy goes in the street, thumbs his nose at God and says, where's the lightning? And there's no lightning. So God doesn't care. Kol vatranu. God, so to speak, is seething. The anger is immediate. But the hand that the anger is sending, it's on the way. When God sends for the legions, they begin, they begin to march. They just haven't gotten here yet. And you are now living in that space of time between the sending for the legions, God's actual anger and call, and the fulfillment. Between Gmardin and Gzardin, between the judgment, between the sentence, and the carrying, and the execution. Now, of course, theoretically, theologically, this can't exist. Among eight, by, by God, there is no distance. There is no gap between decision and execution. God's word is creation. Okay, that's why it's a midat chesed. This is a special interruption. The natural, normal, theologically mandated, logically, metaphysically mandated Law says that if God wants something, it already exists. But here comes the chesed and says, God has said, let destruction, chas v'shalom, begin. And nothing is taking place. The world looks beautifully. We're living in an illusion. It's a real illusion. Chesed creates this interruption, this inter, interregnum, interpassage between God's anger and the results of God's anger. So you will say, so what difference does it make? In fact, that's what I said before. And why can God afford to do this? Because what difference does it make? He can get you to Madras as well today, so that's why. 
he lets his anger seethe and not boil over. But now I say it from my point of view, so what do I gain from it? Why is it a midat chesed? What difference does it make? The answer is found in the parable. In the parable. There is no difference. It only gives you an opportunity to address the real problem. Since God is angry, but not yet killing you, we can assuage his anger. Meaning, the whole meaning of this midah is the possibility of doing tshuva. And here we've come to the point which I've been stressing since the beginning, but here is where it's made. Erech is meaningless unless you do tshuva later on. Because all it does is put it off for a few days. It can't do more. It doesn't eliminate anger. It puts off the anger for a few days and what does that give you? An opportunity to, yes, eliminate the anger, but not Erech eliminates anger. What will eliminate the anger? What will cancel the impending doom? Af the two terrible legions of God, what will cancel it will be pius, meaning tshuva. Osim tshuva, vanim kabel tshuvatam. So the answer is that repentance is the true cause, the underlying cause of Erech not in the past. Not if you do tshuva, then there's Erech But because you will do tshuva, God is today, now, Erech and waits for your tshuva. Clearly, Erech itself doesn't eliminate sin, doesn't eliminate the anger. It's not kapara, not atonement, and not slicha, not forgiveness. The kind of forgiveness that one could achieve simply because God doesn't do anything isn't slicha, it's vitur. I had trouble finding an English word for vitur. It's forgiving it without reason. And God doesn't do that. There's an immediate conclusion. And I think that's why Rav made his statement in the Yushalmi. We are all living in what Rav says is a fool's paradise. Life is okay. We know intellectually that we've sinned and we're probably even sorry for it. But the world hasn't reacted, the natural world. God's hand hasn't reacted. And that creates a psychological problem. It would be better if it had reacted. Because then I would know that God is angry at me, but, but then I'd be dead. The world hasn't reacted, and therefore we are seduced into believing that God doesn't care that much. No lightning. No thunder. He doesn't care. So Rechina says, If you think God doesn't care about you, then you're already dead. Why? I've said this since the beginning of the series. You can't live outside of God's interest in you. If God overlooks you, then you're overlooked. And if you're overlooked, then there's nothing to give you existence. So you have to open yourself to God's interest, which since you're a sinner means His anger. And how can you possibly open yourself? How can you make yourself stand in the in the furnace of God's anger? Erech
how can sinners exist and still be close, still be object of God's peering interest? Oh, so he's not angry? He is angry. And you'll hear about it tomorrow. Well, what can I do in the meantime? We know the answer. Anger is totally different than judgment. Halachically, if a judge is angry, he's probably disqualified from judging. You have to be dispassionate to be a judge. If, it, if it's personal, if you're angry, meaning you're taking it personally, if it's personal, you're not a judge. That's called nogeya badavar. If it's personal, then you have an interest in what's going on. You can't be a judge. So God is not a judge now. He's taking it personally. And why all of a sudden is God taking it personally? Let's go back to our list. Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Rachum, Vachanun. How did I explain Chanun last week? Chanun, Tosvot said, When you cry, God becomes Chanun. I asked why. I said, because when you cry, God remembers His connection to humanity. God identifies with you. We made it personal. The whole previous midah of Hanun was based on the fact that God saw you not as someone being judged from up high, because then you lost already, but as a brother, but as an elokim, a tzedem elokim. You're in the God's image. God is in God's image. There but for the grace of God goes he who could have been me, as I put it. And that's why God... Ba'al Kocho said Tosvot, against his will, so to speak, is Chanun, because he feels your pain. Why does he feel your pain? Because he, he shares your humanity, or you share his divinity, is the better way of putting it. But if that's true, there's another side to that. Then the fact that we defile God's divin- divine image in ourselves, God is close to us because we are the divine image, because we are the Merkava Lishchina, we are the chariot that supports God's presence in the world. But we've defiled that. We've ruined God's presence in the world. Now he's taking it personally. And now the anger, what's called anger, so to speak, begins to seethe. And so even when Chanun works, it's not going to work because it itself engenders anger. Erechapayim. Special attribute that the, the af can be tomorrow, and therefore we have a chance to do tshuva. And this, I think, explains what we mentioned in the beginning of the shiur, marich af the tzadikim, marich af the rashayim. That's not two different attributes. So what's the point of bringing in tzadikim? Erech is a midah which applies to tzadikim because it's based on the fact that God is personally angry. And God's personal interest in us is because we're tzadikim because we are, or could be, or should be, the basis for God's presence in the world. We should be the image of God. We are the image of God, and we should be fulfilling it. If we were not, if we were nothings, if we were ants, amoebas, there would be no af, and no need for erech So that's, I think, the Midrash says, the Gemara says, marich af tzadikim, u marich af Right now we're a Shaim, but the whole thing begins with the personal identification of God with us because we're B'Tselem Lokim, we are the divine image in the world.
And that's why the Gemara has to immediately now, something which I could have said in the beginning, I wanted to say in the beginning, I probably even did say in the beginning in different words, Kala Omer HaKadosh Baruch Hu Vatron Hu Yivatron Bnei Me'oi. Because here it really becomes clear that you're, you're standing on two situations which are so similar, but which are opposites. There's no reaction because God doesn't care, or there's no reaction because God loves me. And if you go to the first path, you're doomed. And therefore you have to go to the second path. I'd like to take a minute to suggest a different pshat to the expression Erech different than the Gemara's, although it will leave us in the same position. And, and I think we'll make the point even clearly, more clearly. Erech af, long in anger. Yerushalmi said, distances anger. Still sounds a little bit like Josh. I'll tell you what I think pshat is. Why does the word af mean anger? What does af really mean? Af means breath. It's used to mean the nose, because you breathe from your nose. But af means wind or breath. Why does the word af mean anger? When someone gets angry, what does he do? He first takes a long, deep breath in. Fills up. You couldn't see me now as I doubled the size, as I blew myself up. And then it comes bursting out. So that burst of air is called af. But I think, technically speaking, the af is the air that goes in, not the air that comes out. And ma'arich af means he spends a long time Breathing in. Now, the longer I breathe in, the more terrible will be the explosion at the end. But so long as I'm breathing in, you're not yet exposed. You're not yet swept by the anger. I think that's what Ma'arichaf means. How is this different than what the Yerushalmi says? It's not different at all. It's a little bit more, a little bit more dramatic. As I stressed before, distancing anger doesn't mean there is no anger. If you took the mashal of the Gemara, the parable, those two legions of the king are marching. If your ears were attuned, you would hear their steps as they bang on the roads leading to the city. The marching of these legions to come. But they haven't come yet. But you can hear them coming. What I've described is even more dramatic. If you listen carefully, you will hear the air going into the lungs of he who is about to explode all over you. It's nishama atsura. It's, it's seething inside the chest. But it hasn't burst out yet. All this comes to simply emphasize one very important point. Erech means living on the edge of the volcano. It's a good midah. Because otherwise you'd be in the volcano. But you can't get away from the volcano. And therefore, when you say Erech you already have to be at least planning and quickly the tshuva which is going which is going to come. We've run out of time. The Yerushalmi isn't finished yet. There's a little extra section of the Yerushalmi. The parable used in the Yerushalmi involved distance. Ma'arich, ma'achik. The legions are far away. The anger of God is far from him. Yushami adds, Amar Rabbi Yitzhak, Lo'od, this is true of course, because it's the pshat of the word, Lo'od, but not only that, Elashana'al bifnehem, not only did God send the two legions, Af b'chimah, anger and ayah, far away, he locked them in. And he quotes a pasuk. So if I had time, what I would try to do is to try to explain, what, what, what is he adding? 
in the in the parable in the mashal, okay, there's a legion, two legions which are ten miles from Rome, and two legions which are ten miles from Rome, but also in a fort, and the fort is locked, and we have to unlock the door. That gives you an extra minute, ten minutes, so it's a little bit longer. But what's the what's the point? And what does it mean in terms of God to say an extra ten minutes? We don't we didn't define how much time it is in any event. So if I had time, I would speak of the difference between distant attributes of God and locked attributes of God. It's not going to change the pshat in the midah itself. The midah itself is marich rucho v'gavi tilei. God's anger is put on hold with the certainty of collection tomorrow and therefore you have to hurry and do something about it. But I will leave to you or anyone who wants to write to me to discuss, to discuss it as to what could possibly be the difference in terms of the, the literary parable, the literary uh, um, uh, simile of saying that God's anger is distanted or God's anger is is locked. In terms of the awareness of he who is praying, saying, I think the point here is clear. I don't even have to repeat it. In, when you say, you're not saying, God, leave me alone. You're saying, God, give me a few seconds to address your anger. Don't get, don't, don't burst yet. Please wait, wait a little bit longer. And obviously you have to be already preparing in some sense the true, the true remedy, which is, as the Gemara says, which is tshuva. There has to be at least a hint of a spark of tshuva in the back of your mind for you to say, Erechapayim. The next midah for our next uh, session is the Midah of Rav Chesed. Anyone who wants to start preparing it should look at the Gemara, Nafid Zayin, Amad Aleph, in Rosh Hashanah, where the Gemara says and asks, what is Rav Chesed, the beginning of the Amud, Beit Hillel, says what it is. And then again, in the second half of the page, where the Gemara asks exactly how Rav Chesed, Rav Chesed works. And until then, this has been Ezra Bek, Wishing you call to you've been listening to KMTT, the series on your Gilamidot, Kimitzion, Tetzei Torah, Udvar Hashem, Emir Ushalayim, and tomorrow we'll be back with the Shiro Pashat HaShavu'a. Call to